Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Well, welcome to Awakening House of Prayer. I was gone last week because I was on a mission. Somebody say mission. Amen. Y'all going to have to wake up this morning. Amen. You're going to get out of this is whatever you pull out of me. Amen. I said I was on a mission. Hallelujah. I was in England. I was in France and I was in Iceland. And contrary to popular belief, Iceland is green and Greenland is icy. But it was still very, very, very cold in Iceland. We started off our journey in London. We launched the Awakening House of Prayer in South London. It's an area uh, toward the bottom of London. And there's a lot of prayer warriors there in uh, South London. So we've established there. We went the next day over to a, um, a, a, a private meeting. I was invited by Dr. Sharon Stone to uh, train and impart to 30 of the major prophets in the United Kingdom. So it was behind closed doors uh, in, in, a, in a room about this size. And for about four hours, we poured in, we prayed, we prophesied. And I made some really good connections there, understanding the needs of this nation in crisis. So that was very successful. Uh, from there, uh, we went and did a mentoring day where there was about 350 people who come on a monthly basis to receive training and equipping. Uh, I called forth the watchmen in the nation, and uh, that was just astounding. I was very well received uh, in Great Britain, which is really a dream of mine, um, to be um, doing ministry there in a more permanent fashion. And it was, it was very good. They, they, they were, they, you know, they say that people in England are stuffy, but, but, but only the religious people are stuffy, but the religious people everywhere are stuffy. And we don't allow stuffy here. We, we like to be uh, boisterous and, and lively here. Amen. No religious spirits uh, live here or can stay here long. Because if you've got a religious spirit, you'll soon be offended and you'll go ahead and leave. Amen. Uh, so we don't deal with religious demons here. We cast them out and we get them free. But we were there. Amen, Pastor Cecil. Amen. So God's given me great grace from London. Uh, and it was really a very humbling thing that pastors and leaders from around the UK are emailing me, asking me to come and to help them. Uh, and their, their nation is in crisis. So we went from there to France. I'm going to say France. How many of you have been to France? Nobody's been to, oh, one of you has been to France. Amen. Well, let me tell you something. This was a, 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 a down day. I, I realized it didn't have anything to do. So we went to France. We took what's called the Eurostar and we got to France in two hours. And when we landed, I was on a mission, but it was a different kind of mission. I was on a mission to find a real French croissant. <laughs> a real one, not like those bootleg ones in Panera Bread. I mean like a real one. And we found this little authentic cafe. We had to sort of press in everyone speaking French. I told Prophet Vanessa, you're going to have to be a little more aggressive. We're going to be standing here forever because they're all like, you know, t- telling it. Wait till you see the video footage of me eating this croissant. I think I ascended to heaven temporarily, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I'm not quite sure. It was an almond croissant. It was scrumptious. We had a French lattes, real lattes. My only complaint with the lattes was that they're un poquito. They're just too small. They're just very small. It's like one sip and it's gone. It's finished. So that was the downside of France. From there, we went to Iceland. 
And uh, in Iceland, there was a lot of oppression, very oppressive in Iceland. It's somewhat like Alaska, where it's it's half of the year it's dark all the time, and half of the year it's light all the time. And so it was a very oppressive atmosphere. Uh, they had me go into this uh, missions area where um, uh, the alcoholics, recovering alcoholics, recovering drug addicts, gather on Monday nights for worship. And it was a real kind of a Bethel flow with the worship. They even had all the moves down and saying hallelujah at the right places. It was interesting. They obviously had very studied Bethel. Um, and, and they had me share there, and I shared my testimony. And 13 people gave their life to the Lord that night. Amen? That was good. That's something to say amen about. 13 people gave their life to the Lord. What was interesting, though, is on my way there, I heard that there would be someone there that night that was uh, struggling with a spirit of suicide speaking to them. And uh, I, I got there, and, and I began to preach and pray and prophesy. I forgot all about it until the other just these people were praying and ministering at the altar, and I remembered, oh, my gosh. There's someone here that's struggling with the spirit of suicide. And I, I got back up on the platform and I'm looking for a microphone so I can announce this. I've got to find this person. And I couldn't find a microphone. The pastor came up and said, what is it? What's the matter? I said, the Lord told me someone here is struggling with the spirit of suicide. And I need to release this word of knowledge so that they can come and get free. And as I'm telling the pastor this, I'm standing right here. There's just two girls standing right here ministering to this lady and getting nowhere. And they looked at me. They said, it's her. She just told that she wants to kill herself, please, please come pray for her. And she got totally delivered from a spirit of death, a spirit of suicide, and a spirit of self-harm, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. And so when I'm gone, I'm not resting somewhere under a mulberry tree. Amen. I've committed to only being gone one Sunday a month. If that, when I'm gone, I am not uh, sort of having a vacation, although France was nice. Uh, when I'm gone, I'm out in the nations doing the work of the ministry, preaching the gospel and seeing the captives set free. Hallelujah. But my favorite place to be in the world is right here in Fort Lauderdale with you. Hallelujah. Because I love you and I care about you. And even when I'm gone, I'm asking Pastor Pilar, how's everybody doing? I'm asking Pastor... Pastor Christine and Pastor Cecil and hey, how's everybody doing? So we got our eyes on you. But I wanted to share with you, as I promised in last week's video that I would, because, uh, you know, we're in a season of grace for growth. How many of you, there's some area in your life that you'd like to see some growth? Maybe it's your finances. Hey, hey. Maybe it's your spirit, man. Maybe, maybe it's your mind that needs to get strengthened. Maybe your will needs to be fortified because it's a little wobbly. Maybe you buckle too easily under enemy attack. Maybe it's relations that, relationships that you need to grow. But what I found is, is that there's sometimes we go through seasons where it just feels like we're stagnant. It feels like we've leveled off. It feels like we've hit a plateau. You know, if you go to the gym and you exercise, what happens when you do certain exercises for a while, you begin to plateau and you got to shake it up. Your muscles will only grow a certain amount. Your muscles get used to a certain activity. So you've got to change your whole routine. And in this season, I'm prophesying to you now, in this season, God is going to begin to change some of your routines. Because when you're in a season of grace for growth, there's going to be a stretching. There's going to be some shifting. There might be some shaking, but there's going to be some growth. So don't be surprised when the Lord starts waking you up earlier or when the Lord calls you away to be in the secret place at inopportune times. Don't be surprised at what the Lord does because in a season of growth, there's going to be some shaking. So when I prophesied, maybe it was three weeks ago, just randomly here at the altar toward the end, of the, the end of a service, I said, by the way, almost nonchalantly, I said, we're in a season of grace for growth. Now listen to me. When the Lord makes a prophetic announcement, when the Lord speaks, we got to respond. We can't just hear a word that is so magnificent, that is so encouraging and just put it in a drawer or put it on a shelf or just move on to the next word. We've got to respond. Somebody say respond to God. 
We've got to respond to what he is saying and what he wants to do. Because I've learned over the years that we can't do God's part, but he won't do our part. So when God says we're in a season of growth, our first move should be, yes, Lord, I agree. What do you require from me? What should I do? What is my part? I want to grow. I want to break through. I want to go higher. Lord, tell me what to do. So we're going to chunk this down. I might preach on it this week, next week, and another week. I don't know. I'm going to drill into this, though, until you've got the tools and the spiritual equipment and the knowledge, the revelation, the information, the truth you need to succeed at a higher level because God is calling us all to come up higher. Hallelujah. He's calling us all to go deeper, and we're going there. There's grace. There's grace for growth in your finances. There's grace for growth in every area of your life. Somebody just shout grace. 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 Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We have woken up. It's Pastor Christine. She has that effect on people. Praise God. Yes, short of grace. There's grace. There's grace. There's grace. And I just prophesy right now, there's a growth spurt coming to somebody. I just prophesy right now, there's an accelerated growth coming unto you. I just prophesy right now, a growth spurt. I said, some of you are going to grow out of that mantle. You're going to grow out of that anointing. You're going to grow in your hunger for the word of God. I said, there's a prashorabashe. There's a growth spurt coming. You might be a little uncomfortable because when you grow honey there's some growing pains but it's gonna be all right just lean into the grace of God I said there's a growth spurt coming things that you seem like they were out of reach you're growing taller you're gonna be able to reach that thing hallelujah you're gonna sigh you're gonna see more clearly there is grace for growth and I prophesy over you a growth spurt today in the name of Jesus grace to get up earlier There's somebody in here and you've been praying, Lord, I need to get up earlier. Who is that? Just wave at me. Are you trying to get up earlier? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I shake it. Here's the thing. I had a friend one time and she said to me, you know what? I'd love to get up at three, at at three thirty, four o'clock like you. And I said, well, then get up. Well, I'd love to pray. You've grown so much in the spirit since you've been getting up so early. You've grown in the word. You've been pressing in. I'd like to get up at 3.30 or 4 like you. I said, well, then get up. And she said, I'll get up when the Lord gives me the grace to get up. And I said, you know what? The Lord will give you the grace to get up when you get up. Because the grace of God is for something you're doing, not something you're thinking about doing. The grace of God will meet you where you are and take you to places that you could not go. You never thought you could go. I never thought we'd be planting houses of prayer in England. Now we have three. I said, we've got three Ahops in England. Who would have thought it? Who would have known it? It's the grace of God working in me. It's not me. It's not you. I appreciate your prayers, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ who does the work. There's grace for growth. So what is grace? I want to focus my message today mostly on what is grace, because we tend to have a misunderstanding of this fundamental building block in the kingdom of God. When I was in Iceland, there was this girl and she came up for prayer And she was telling me she had been sober for five months. Somebody say five months. She was a heroin addict and she had been sober for five months. But she said, my family's going on a vacation and I'm so afraid I'm going to mess up. I'm so afraid I'm going to slip and I'm going to disappoint my family. And it's going to be an embarrassment. It's going to ruin the vacation. She said, I'm so afraid. I said, sweetheart, the Lord says his grace is sufficient for you, that you have a heart to do what's right. And he is strengthening you. His grace will be there for you. You know, she said to me, well, what is grace? She said, is that like when you pray before you eat? There's a misunderstanding of grace in the body of Christ. We focus so much on faith, and I love the word of faith. But what has happened in the grace movement is there's this thing called extremism. There's this thing called hypergrace, and it's ruined the whole concept for the rest of us. Hypergrace says that you you don't you just do whatever you want because when you got saved, you were forgiven of all your sins. And yes, you were, but guess what? You sinned again, and you need forgiveness every time you sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful 
and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we still have to repent. And so because of this hyper grace movement, a lot of preachers have backed away from teaching on grace. But I'm here to tell you today that our God is a God of grace. His name is the spirit of grace. His grace is sufficient for me and for you. Ah, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead was the spirit of grace. She says, what is grace? I was like, wow. I said, no, sweetheart. It's the power of God. It's the favor of God. Grace is mentioned in the New Testament 131 times, 40 times in the Old Testament. Comes from the Greek word charis, which means, listen, favor, blessings, and kindness. How many of you want some grace today? Praise God. There is a, this is a favorable time for you to grow. It's the kindness of God to help you grow past the things in your life that have been keeping you from his maximum blessing. He is blessing you with all manner of blessings in this season. I like this kind of grace. It's the kind of grace that got me saved. This is the kind of grace by grace through faith. These things work together. It's the kind of grace that got me saved. This is the kind of grace that got me a car when my car was busted on the side of the road when I didn't have any money to get a new vehicle. This is the kind of grace that caused my grandparents to sign for me to get a car. That's the kind of grace we're talking about here. This is the kind of grace, the blessing, the kindness, the favor that when I got my new car and I acquired somewhat of a lead foot because I had never had a brand new car before. This is the kind of grace that when my lead foot got me three tickets, hallelujah, This is the kind of grace that when those three tickets got my license suspended, hallelujah, and I didn't know it, this is the kind of grace that when I got pulled over a year later and the cop told me your license is suspended, I'm going to take you to jail, hallelujah. This is the kind of grace that got me out of all that mess, hallelujah. Grace will deliver you from the enemy's plan because grace gives you what you do not deserve. Mercy doesn't give you what you do deserve. And so I'm pressing in for the faith and the grace and the mercy because I drive like I prophesy. Hallelujah. And I even got one of those speed detectors, you know. I did. I did. I see some of y'all looking at me religious saying, she can't, she's breaking the law. I don't know about this Gertrude. This is too much for me. I just, it's all right. I don't speed in school zones, just on the turnpike. But if you think I'm bad, you should see this woman of God over here. Dear God, this morning, grace, grace, grace is also the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. So it's the kindness, the blessing, the favor. There, there's, there's two sides to grace, two sides to the same coin. It's the kindness, the favor, the blessings, and it's also the power. Praise God. I love the power of God, the grace of God. Here's in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Paul talks about grace empowering his work. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that is within me. And this is one of my key scriptures because it's not me. It's the grace of God that is in me. People ask me, say, Apostle, how do you go around the world planting and building? Come home, do a prayer call every morning at 6 a.m., write best-selling book after best-selling book after best-selling book, record podcasts, do Facebook lives. How do you do all counsel people, cast out? How do you do all of this? Aren't you tired? I said, no, I'm not tired. It's grace. It's not me. It's the grace of God that's working in me. Listen, apart from Jesus, I can't do anything. Guess what? Apart from Christ, you can't either. It's by his grace that empowers us to do what he's called us to do. And when we put our hand to the thing, when we determine in our heart that we are going to grow, come hell or high water, we will grow by the grace of God. Listen, we can't grow ourselves. All we can do is bring the right ingredients together. Look, a, a baby doesn't grow himself. A child doesn't grow himself. We don't grow ourselves. We just do our part. And we'll talk more about that in another, in just a few minutes. 
We've got to do our part, but we can't bring the growth. One man sows, another man waters, but God brings the increase. It's God who brings the increase. It's the grace of God. Grace empowers your growth. It's like a spiritual steroid. Some of you in the spirit after this series, after, I don't know how long I'm going to teach on this, might be just one week, two weeks, three, after, after you get this truth in the spirit, you're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Praise God. Some of you women are like, I don't know if I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just, come on. I, you're going to be strong in the spirit. Amen. You're going to be pumped up in the spirit. You're going to feel like you can take out that Goliath. You're going to understand who you are and what you carry in Jesus name. Galatians two and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, when you surrender all, you have all sufficient grace. When you surrender completely to him and what he wants to do, he will grow you up in a hurry. You have to understand something about an apostolic church. If this is foreign to you, let me just give you a 30-second bunny trail. The apostolic grace is a grow-you-up grace. The apostolic grace is not a grace, oh, poor baby, I'm so sorry. I just don't. No, that's the pastoral grace, and we have lots of pastors here, amen, to balance me out, praise God. The pastors are the shepherds. They are the ones who care for you. Pastors shepherd your soul. Apostles shepherd your process. Apostles want to see you grow into everything God has called you to do. Not that pastors don't, but it's a different anointing. The apostle will put a demand on the anointing on your life, to serve the kingdom, to work the kingdom. Yeah, we're going to get you healed. We're going to get you whole. We're going to get you all cleaned up. But then there's going to be uh, uh, an expectation that you will receive eternal rewards as you follow Lord's plan for your life. Now, grace helps us in our weaknesses. I don't know how many of you feel weak sometimes. You know, I've had to do a lot of things in my life that I didn't feel like I could do. And in my own strength, I couldn't do them. But it's his strength working in me that allows me and enables me. It's his power that it enables me to do the things that I do. To fly over to, you know... 20 hour flight or was it 36 hour flight to Nigeria and minister all day long and then get back on a plane and fly home and then come here and do a marine demon workshop and come and preach about it's his strength it's his grace look some of you don't feel like you you can even get out of bed in the morning that's when you cry out for grace some of you don't think that you can face another day at your job because your boss is mean or your coworker is bratty. That's when you cry out for grace. It's when you don't feel like you can do something. His power is at work in you, but you've got to appropriate the grace. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Paul said this, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, lest I be exalted above measure. Listen, I asked the Lord three times that this thing might depart from me. Paul was like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. He asked the Lord three times. I probably would have asked him a whole lot more than three times. Paul asked him three times and the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. The Passion Translation says, my strength makes full expression in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses and reproaches, in hardships and in persecutions and in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, grace, listen, grace doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to attack you. The hyper grace movement will tell you we don't have to war. The hyper grace movement will tell you that there's no spiritual warfare necessary. Grace will not prevent every spiritual attack. Grace will give you the power, the strength, and the endurance to walk through the spiritual attack, to take authority over 
the spiritual attack. When you feel weak from the battle, when you don't feel like your arms can hold up the shield of faith anymore, it is grace that comes to strengthen you. The Bible says that that God is able to make us stand. How are we able to stand when we don't feel like we can stand? It's by grace through faith. Everything we receive is by grace through faith. We receive it by grace. Faith is the hand that reaches out and receives. We have to understand that we receive. We we can't earn grace. We can't earn it. It doesn't matter how good we are. We can't earn it. We receive it. Somebody say, I receive it. You know, when I was in London, huh? It was a really, really good trip. But when I was in London in the night, I busted my elbow wide open and I, I, it hurt, but I, I went, I was so exhausted because we'd come in and I'd been up all night and I was, I, I, I woke up and there was just blood everywhere and I didn't remember what had happened. I, I it kind of freaked me out. I woke up and I'm just like bleeding and I'm like, what is this? What? Then I remembered I had bashed it, but I was so tired. Then after that, we went to, when we went to France, I sprained my ankle really bad and I'd already had trouble with this ankle. You remember that in, uh, from Nigeria after Nigeria. I sprained it really bad. I knew when I did it and I was limping around France and then I was limping around Iceland. And then when I got to Iceland, I broke my little pinky toe and it might be a little pinky toe, but it hurts real bad when you break it. Let me tell you. Amen. If you don't believe me, come here. Let me stomp on your foot. It uh, is bad. (laughs) It hurts. So here I am. But you know what? Grace did not make the pain go away. Grace enabled me to continue ministering through the pain. I went to the meeting in Iceland and I was literally, you know, doing like this. The whole time. I mean, I could barely walk. I was in so much pain. It's so bad. And, and afterwards, all these little Bethelite kind of people came up wanting to pray for my foot. And, you know, does it feel better? Is it a 10? Is it a 9? Is it an 8? And they're just one after another, you know, coming after me. And then and this one, well, let me pray for you. And then, and then the pastor, bless his heart, he prayed for my ankle. And then he says, does it feel better? I said, it feels a little better, but really it's my toe that's broke. You didn't tell me about the toe. And he began to, to really pray for the toe. I had like 15 people praying pray for me. Does it feel, is it a five? Is it it tingling? Is it, you know, but you know what? Today it's healed. Amen. 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 But if I didn't go to that meeting and by grace limp along through the attack, then guess what? I wouldn't have received that prayer. And it wasn't an instant healing. It still hurt. Prophet Vanessa had to stroll me in a wheelchair back through the airport to get home because I couldn't walk. That's how bad it was. But in 36 hours, amen. Many times we stop because we don't understand the grace of God. You know, Kenneth Copeland one time, he had his whole, if I remember correctly, he had his whole uh, leg. It was like swollen and, and in pain and he couldn't walk. And it was so, so, so bad. He was in a, in a wheelchair in the airport and they were rolling him along. And the Lord said, do you believe I can heal you? And he said, yes, Lord. He said, then get up and walk out of that wheelchair. And he said, but Lord, I, I can't, the doctor said, if I put any pressure on it, my leg is going to break. You know, it was a really bad situation. The Lord said, do you believe me or not? Now, if by, he got up by faith, but he was healed by grace. Remember, grace is the power of God. He got up and he just began to walk and then he began and he was fine. But sometimes you have to take a step of faith before the grace hits you. This is what I want you to learn. You've got to do your part before God's going to do his part. You've got to step out in faith and believe for the grace. Grace is the power of God. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 29 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of grace. And the spirit of grace helps us pray when we don't know how. And the spirit of grace is the spirit, listen, that raised Christ from the dead. And the Bible says the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. What can you not do by grace? He is in you. You don't have to pray and beg God for grace all the time. I hear believers all the time, Lord, please give me grace. Grace is on the inside of you. Grace is there all the time. You've got to learn how to tap into it. You've got to learn how to walk in it. Holy Spirit is the power of God. You're growing from glory to glory. So let's talk just for a few minutes about tapping into the grace of God. How do you release this grace in your life? How many of you want more grace? 
Grace for growth is what we're talking about, but this applies to anything. You need more grace. I need more grace. First thing you need to do is you need to walk in humility. Romans 12 and 3 tells us to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And some of us do. We think we can do things at our own strength, especially if we're really, really good at something. You know, I'm, I, I've got a gift to write. I've written, I don't know, 25 best-selling books. I've got a, it's a gift. But you know what? I don't take for granted that it's God who empowers my gift. So when I sit down to write, I ask the Lord, Lord, anoint me to write. Lord, give me the grace to write like the wind. Lord, give me your revelation. Let me write according to what you want to say to the people. And I believe that that is why my books are bestsellers, because I'm not depending just on a gift. I'm depending on the gift giver to release it. Amen. So walk in humility. Walk in humility. Many times our own smarts, our own ability, when we're good at something, we don't, we don't walk in that humility. We do it in our own strength. We don't realize how desperate we are for God. The realize, the realization is we're always desperate. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look desperate. Amen. Oh, y'all aren't cooperating with me. Cooperate with the Holy Ghost. You need to pray for the grace of humility. The grace of humility, not false humility, not religious humility. False humility pretends to be humble, but it's really haughty. We've got to pray for the grace of humility. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This needs to be your one of your mantras for your life. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. What's that? All? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do this then, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's humility, leaning on the Lord, understanding. You know, I can't tell you how many times I, when I was a freelance writer, I was a single mother. I was a freelance writer, worked from home so I could take care of her. And, you know, I would just do any kind of writing. I didn't care what it was, as long as it was legal and ethical, I would do it. And some people would contact me through this website where they would find writers and they'd say, we need a billboard written for downtown Miami's new campaign. Can, can you do this? Yes. Have I ever done it before? No. But I would just fake it till I made it. I would just depend on the grace of God. I would take anything and everything I could because I had bills to pay. And I would believe in the grace of God in order to get the job done. And that's what you need to do. God is going to take some of you into unfamiliar territories in this next season. He's going to bring you as he elevates you, as you grow in him, as you grow in grace, he's going to take you to places you've never been before. And you might not know anything about what you're doing, but he does. An advertising firm contacted me. They said, we need your help. There's this huge real estate development in Coral Gables and, and we need a name for the development. And, and, and we need you to come down here. You're recommended by so-and-so. Do you think you can do this? Yes. Had I ever done it before? No. Not one time. I'd never worked with an advertising company. I went down to Miami, sat in a meeting, listened to their pitch, and the Holy Spirit gave me the name of the development. And I said, well, I feel like you should call it this. And they said, that's exactly what they were leaning toward, but we didn't know if it would resonate. And this is a con And so they used confirmation. They're not Christians, but so I prophesied the name of it. I didn't know. And so because, because of that, the owner of this major real estate development had such great favor for me. They just gave me all kinds of work because they thought I was a genius and they thought I had their flow. Amen. God, by grace, can help you to do things you've never even done before. If he's called you to do it, the grace will be there to do it. So as God brings you into new things, don't be afraid. He'll put the very words in your mouth. He'll skill you. He'll anoint you with the skill that you need. That doesn't mean you don't have to prepare yourself, but it's there. See, pride trusts in itself. Humility trusts in the spirit of grace. James 4 and 6 in the Amplified Bible, but God gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, to those who are humble enough to receive it. So I say, I receive it. He resists the proud. Sometimes, listen to me. Sometimes it's not the devil resisting you. Yeah. 
We like to blame everything on the devil. Sometimes it's not the devil resisting you. It's God. Because you've decided to take something on in your own strength, disregarding his direction, not even asking him what he thinks or feels. Sometimes as Christians, we get a brilliant idea, a bright idea. We rush ahead and we say, God, would you bless my bright idea? He doesn't give us grace to do what he hasn't called us to do. He's not obligated to bless something he didn't tell you to do. You're blessed, but that doesn't mean that everything you do is going to have be sanctioned from heaven. We need to acknowledge him. Number two, ask for grace. Ask for grace, but not in a needy way. Not in a way of begging like you don't already have it. Ask the, ask the Lord to manifest his grace. Hebrews 4 and 16 let us then come with confidence, boldly, to the throne of grace. Notice it's called a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of criticism. It's not a throne of anger. It's a throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. See, asking is a sign of humility, and we have not because we ask not. And ask and receive that your joy may be full. You know, we were in Asia a few weeks ago. Where were we? We were in Singapore and we were in Indonesia. Told you about that. And we were taken out to dinner by this Chinese lady. And she was just so happy because it was the Chinese New Year. And she's a Christian, but it was the Chinese New Year. And they have all these special things they eat in the Chinese New Year. Most of them I cannot pronounce and would never want to eat again. But it was quite something. They brought out course after course, and she would explain there was a certain kind of fish, and it was real chunky and chewy. And she said, this fish, this is about this big. She said, this is $80 for this little tiny piece of fish. And then she, they brought out this like shark fin thing. It was horrifying. It was, it was so nasty. It smelled disgusting. It smelled like dirty dishwater. It was just gross, honestly. It, but she was, she was so proud and so happy. You know, this is our people's food. I said, well, praise the Lord. You know what I did? I prayed for grace. Praise God. I prayed for grace. God, I shouted grace to the soup and grace to the raw fish and grace, 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 and more grace. And I smiled and I ate it. And I said, mmm, nom, 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 nom. This is so good. Hallelujah. I looked over at Prophet Vanessa and she's all of a sudden, she says, I'm fasting. Praise God. She did. She did. Now I'm fasting. I said, hmm. <laughs> Except when that coconut ice cream came out, she was nom nomming on that. I said, you broke your fast, did you? It's true. She had the grace to fast. I had the grace not to offend my host. Because when you're in another nation, when you're in missions, you're doing the work of the Lord. They say, eat what's put before you. Amen. So I don't know what this rubbery, chewy, nasty $80 piece of fish was. And I hope you're not watching, Sharon. I love you. But, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, it, to me, I was like, Ooh. but you know what? I had the grace to eat it and it didn't even make me sick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number three, med <laughs> meditate on scriptures about the grace of God. When the Lord tells us there's grace for growth, then we need to get a deep understanding of what grace is. That's why we're talking just all about grace. We're talking about growth probably next week. But grace, John 1 and 16, we have received from his fullness grace upon grace. I like that. Grace upon grace. That's like double grace. That's like double for your trouble. I've received God's grace upon grace. And so when we read these scriptures, you've got to receive it. So I read this John 1, 16. We have received from his fullness, grace upon grace. So I begin to confess. I meditate and I say, I have received God's grace upon grace. That is my legal position. That is where God has stationed me in a place to receive grace upon grace. Acts six and eight, uh, Acts six and eight. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. So I meditate on that. And then I say, I am full of grace and power. And I perform amazing signs and wonders among the people. Because if God's grace was sufficient for Stephen, it's sufficient for me. If God's anointing is resting upon Stephen, that same anointing is the same Holy Ghost. It's the same power of God. It's the same kindness, favor, and blessing. It's upon me. We have to understand that the greater works are available to us by grace. And we, one of the things we need to grow in here, and even in the body of Christ, is spiritual gifts. 
Paul said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, about spiritual gifts. We need to begin to step out in faith and believe that the graces, the gifts of God, the anointings that are in us will manifest. But if you don't ever, you know, those beautiful people at that little Bethel church in Iceland, they were also eager to pray for me. They had so much faith. They just wouldn't let it loose. They said, you know, I don't care if it's 1% better. We're going to keep praying. That's the kind of faith. And that's the kind of grace that we need to pour out. They were afraid about failing or me not getting healed and going back to America and saying, yeah, those, those people in Iceland, they just, no, no, no. They just wanted me to be healed. And when we have a heart and have grace toward other people, God will work grace through us to help them. Ah, Thank, uh, number four, thank, thank worship and praise God for his grace. The act of actually thanking God for his grace reminds us that his grace is available. There was this contractor that was working in my house one time and he underwent a huge remodel and he was running behind schedule and he was tired. He was doing too many jobs at once and he would just walk around my house saying, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. And somehow he got the job done. See, we've got to thank him. We've already got it. We can ask him to manifest it. But when we thank him for something, we're acknowledging something that he's already done. We don't need him to do it again. It's already there. We ask him to manifest it and we thank him for it. Thanksgiving. Amen. Praise and worship attracts the spirit of grace. God can't help to pour out his grace on the one who praises him. Number five, plug into the power source. Plug into the power source. If you need grace, plug into the power source. The spirit of grace is ready and able and waiting on you to fellowship with him at any given time. He is just as close to you as you want him to be. You can get as close to him as you want to be. He is the spirit of grace. If you need grace, spend time in his presence. Listen, if you're having a really bad day and you're just frustrated, go in the bathroom at work or wherever you are and just lock yourself in a stall for five minutes and just say, pray to yourself, say, Lord, Thank you for your grace to get through this day. Thank you for your grace, God. Maybe you don't want to go home because you've got a bad situation there. Maybe there's something you're dreading dealing with. Just tuck away even for you. Because the, 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 the dispute is, well, I don't have time. I, I can't get up at 4 a.m. like you do, at 3.30 a.m. like you do. I can't go to bed at 8 o'clock at night like you do. I can't. You can do that. You're a preacher. You know what? I wasn't always a preacher. I worked a full-time job. I had a full-time single motherhood going on, and I had a full-time ministry assignment at a church that didn't pay. So don't tell me that you can't. If you can't take an hour, then take five minutes and let God begin to work with the five minutes you give him and watch him grow that time. Because whatever you give to him, whatever you sacrifice for him, he will multiply it back to you. Whatever you sow into his kingdom, he will bring back to you in greater measure. So if you only have five minutes to thank him for his grace on the hardest day of your life, don't neglect to do that because you don't think it's long enough or it's insignificant. Go for it. Because because God will work with what you give him always, and then he'll give you more. You know, if you want gas in your car, you have to spend time at the gas station. If you want food in your refrigerator, you have to spend time at the grocery store. You can't live on Uber Eats all the time. It's too expensive. By the way, you know Apostle Stidham and his wife don't cook, and they eat out every meal. So when he comes back, would you just harass him about that for me? I find that to be very unhealthy. If you want grace and power in your life, you got to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Number six, show grace to others. Show grace to others. Galatians 6 and 7, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Show grace. Don't criticize someone. They're having a bad day. Don't give them a hard time. Show grace. You know, somebody's late. Show grace. Maybe you're going to be late next week. Maybe something happened. Show grace. I understand there are times when enough is enough. I get it. I know there are people who abuse grace. I understand that. But I mean, as a principle of life, if you will determine in your heart to show grace instead of laying down the law, to show grace instead of judging and criticizing, to show grace as a default, then the grace will be there for you when you need it. Amen. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. If you need grace in your life, start showing grace. We're going to pray for grace in just a minute. We're going to pray for grace. 
But first, I want to finish my story in London. <laughs> you won't believe it. You will believe it because it happened. We went to London, and I know there was grace for London. Why? Because, oh, last June I decided, uh, last June, which is not quite a year ago, I decided that I wanted to launch a house of prayer in London, a house of prayer in England, a house of prayer. And someone there told me, no, you really need to wait a year. You need to wait a year, and if you wait a year, I'll help you. I'll help you do it, but you got to wait a year because some others are coming in and, and they're Americans and they're causing some trouble and you don't want to be associated with that. So you really need to wait a year. And so because I respected this person, I, I decided to take her advice, but the Lord was still stirring in my spirit. So in November, I was with uh, a certain prophet in Dallas and I said to her, it's a different woman of God. Uh, I said to her, I said, you know, I really want to launch this house of prayer in England. She says, I know you do. You mentioned it a few, a few months ago. Uh, I've been praying into it. And I said, well, I said, I just really, I just really want to do it. I said, somebody else told me to wait a year. She says, no. She says, I want you to do it now. She says, God wants you to do it now. She says, the grace is there for you to do it now. And I said, what now? Like six months from now? She goes, no, now, like as soon as you can get here now. And so on my own ticket, on my own dime, with my own expenses and my own time, I decided to plan a trip to London, and the soonest I could get there was March. And with my schedule, the way it's booked, it was the soonest I could get there. I went at my own expense. The tickets were really expensive. The hotels are really expensive. Their currency, our currency is worth less than theirs, in case you didn't know. Their currency is worth a lot more than ours, maybe 20% more than ours. Everything there, it's like really expensive to begin with, and then there's that. But I didn't look at all that because there was grace. I was told there was grace. And where there's grace, there's favor, there's kindness, there's blessing, and there's power. So I set out to hold my own meeting. Who goes into a nation cold and decides to hold their own meeting with no notice? We decided to do that in South London. We did the prophetic release tour there. And we got there, and this woman of God who we've been working with on the ground, we found out that she had booked our hotels. And I said, well, I said, Prophet Nessa, make sure that you ask her how much that was so we can get the credit card thing straightened out. And the woman of God said, no, I'm paying for your whole stay in the hotel. Grace, favor, kindness, blessing. Then we got the event venue and it was like a thousand dollars or something. And I, and I said, you know, we got to pay for this event venue is in Croydon. So we got to pay for this event venue. And this woman of God said, no, I've paid for that too. I'm sowing it into your ministry. What is that? That's grace. That's favor. That's kindness. That's power. Amen. And then we're there and I went into the, the prophets meeting and, 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 and Windsor and did this, this, uh, this, this mentoring day. And at the end, and I don't say this to puff myself up because I'm saying it in all humility, I'm trying to demonstrate to you a principle in this meeting. At the end, they all stood up and cheered and clapped. They gave me a standing ovation and they said, we've never seen that happen in our meetings before. That's grace. That's favor. That's blessing. That's kindness. That's power. And I delivered a hard word. Amen. I delivered a bam, bam, hard fire word. I didn't, wasn't proper and I wasn't British about it. Amen. I wasn't polite, but it was anointed. And as I was walking out, someone gave me a white envelope and we were in the green room in the back and I opened up the envelope and inside the envelope, there was uh, nine $100 bills. That's grace. That's favor. That's kindness. That's blessing. Amen. And then now I've been contacted by all these people, even in Russia and Sweden saying, we need you to come. But you know what? I'm committed to being here. But my point is we're in a season of grace for growth and there's grace for provision. And I went to a foreign nation where I know very few people and set my heart to build a house of prayer, to, to listen, to build one house of prayer. And now we have three. And let me tell you where one of them is. One of them is outside Windsor Castle. Do you know where Windsor Castle is? It's where the Queen of England lives. It's right there. Somebody gave me a free facility, and I could actually walk out onto the street, and the wall of the castle, I could throw a rock and hit it. That's grace. That's favor. That's kindness. That's power. That's blessing. 
Amen. So when you're sowing into this ministry, you're not look, look, I don't take any money from this ministry. I don't get a salary. I'm taking, I'm not taking a salary from Awakening House of Prayer. My ministry, Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, pays me enough to pay, to, to get by. When you're sowing into Awakening House of Prayer, you're not just sowing into this building. You're sowing into a worldwide ministry. We have an Awakening House of Prayer in New York City, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, California, looking at Los Angeles, talking to France, one in Australia. We have Awakening Blaze prayer groups in many nations of the world, including New Zealand. Two of our leaders there are, are were very close to the area where the terrorist attack happened. We were in touch with them this week. We have Awakening House of Prayer in Charlotte, and uh, in in uh, uh, where they're all over the world, Orlando, and, and looking at other places. So what you see here is like the is like a little speck to a worldwide movement. So I want to ask you today to sow today, and I'm going to pray for grace over your seed. If I can go into a nation cold and have somebody pay for my hotel, all we paid for was our flights. And then we got a huge offering from from the mentoring day that covered all the rest and gave us a reserve to go back in next month. I want to encourage you today to sow. I want to encourage you today to sow a seed. The Bible says when you give, God is able to make all grace abound to you. So if you need grace, one way to unlock it is to sow by faith a seed into good ground that will bring a harvest. If you need an envelope for your uh, giving today, if you're using a uh, credit card, you can use the envelope. By the way, Awakening House of Prayer doesn't pay for me to go to these nations. I pay for it myself. So you're not paying for that. Praise God. You're not sowing into the travel. You're sowing into the people. If you want to use the cash app, you can use dollar sign Jennifer LeClaire. If you're a, I'm sorry, dollar sign awakening hop. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you always give us a seed, Father God. Father, and I thank you for every giver in this place today. Father, you know our hearts, Father God. And you have given us the grace to come before your throne. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we want to honor you today in our hearts. But we're going to extend that honor through what we give you. Father, we declare that you will multiply. You will increase, Father, that seed. Father, I thank you for the revelation of what it is to honor you through everything you have given us. Father, I bless every home represented here today. Father, we just want to honor you and we want to worship you, Father God. Thank you for this word. We declare, Father God, that through this word of grace, you will give us revelation of your goodness, of your blessing, and of that favor and grace, Father God, for you have fixed your eyes on us. Thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.